Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 12, titled Nice Girls Roast. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one very patient co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, let's get this roast to cooking. <laughs> A classic. To Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. We had a very extra special long episode of Just Between... No, actually a very normal length episode of Just Between Us Girls, but very in-depth. We talked a lot of tea. We learned uh, tea about former contestants on the show, former yep. co-hosts of the show, current boyfriends of the show. You uh, lost your bidet. Yes. Which you at home might be thinking, how does one lose a bidet? If you want to know, you got to go to patreon.com slash afterthought media, sign up at the premium level. We play voicemails, which we've never done before. Yeah. All, all kinds of tea going on over there. Patreon.com slash afterthought media. Join in on all the fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, interesting episode, Taylor. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so I, no, we can't do... Interesting is a word for it. Yeah, we can't do... Yeah. It. We can't do... Oh my god, this... Just to tip my hand here. Look. The Farrah Roast, that I just played a clip from, and the Laganja comedy bit, which is just iconic from start to finish, right? Are iconic... But there is something funny about that. Well, I, I have to. Okay, here we go. This week, the queens pair up for a makeup tutorial mini challenge and roast some winners of the Miss Congeniality title. Candy wins the challenge while Utica Queen and Simone are forced to battle it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. In the end, Simone lives to see another day while Utica Queen is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, he of Pod is my co-pilot. Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I would say I loved the mini challenge. Okay. I thought the mini challenge was, I know they've sort of done things like in the past with legs and things like that, but this, there is a distinct difference between how Rue laughed during the mini challenge and mm -hmm. how she was laughing during the roast. And the mini challenge felt genuine laughing. Yeah. So, and it was a fun thing to watch. Um, I don't know that I have a second thing that I liked about this episode. I oh, always interesting. Like, I always like that they're doing a roast, and I enjoyed some of the jokes, but it wasn't necessarily like – there have been stronger roasters. There have been stronger roasts in the past. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I did not like is sort of an extension of last week's thing that I did not like, and it is they are telegraphing so hard – 
what we are expected to think and some of the things that they are saying, particularly during deliberations. I don't know if they're watching a completely different maxi challenge than I am with things. I I don't know that it was necessarily all that great. Um, And uh, adding on to that, I feel as though there was conspiracy related to the lip sync Mm-hmm. That we'll talk about during the lip sync as well. So it's 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 the the producers' machinations, the producers' puppet strings are clearly in shot mm-hmm. for the last twenty minutes or so of the last couple of episodes, and I'm 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 not, it's it's taking away from the enjoyment of the show. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, you know, when I was reading through a lot of the live episode discussions on the Discord, you know, I, I do a lot of homework for these shows. I take this very seriously, Taylor. This is my J-O-E. No, no my J-O-E. That's my name. My J-O-B, you know. It's J-O-E. It's J-O-E's J-O-B. Yeah, it sure is. And so Friday night. Joe is- Jobs. That would be a great name for a show. <laughs> And every week I just do a different job, you know? Like one week I work at sure. Starbucks. Oh, or blow people. Actually, <laughs> what it is. I, you bring in listeners. At the highest level, Joe will fly you to Los Angeles and he'll blow you live on the air. So I, I watched the opposite episode very critically. I watched, I watched it three times, actually, this episode. I watched it three times. And I take notes. I try and look at for every angle and blah, 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 blah. And I read the Reddits and the this and the that. And but one of the things I read is the we have a live episode channel where the people on Discord, the Patreon supporters, can talk with each other during the show. And in that, they were saying, you know, uh, Joe has always said X Y Z about the roast, you know, and it's true. And I think that what I like is that people like Candy took that advice. Not that they listened to the show. And uh, they have applied it, you know, to what they did because that was a very smart move. But also, uh, good job on Rosé. You know, what Rosé did, so I really liked Rosé's roast. She was in a very tough position. We'll discuss yeah. it when we talk about the roast. And she was in a very tough position, position, wait, tough position, and did very well. So Rosé's roast is one of the things I liked. Next, and this is going to be controversial. I am a huge fan of cringe. All right. <laughs> so like, for instance, one of my favorite all time shows is the comedy central show, Nathan for you, which is just a, cr- I mean, if you like cringe, there's no show that's better uh. at cringe than Nathan for you. Right. Yeah. This Utica roast is probably one of the cringiest things. It's the cringiest thing that's ever been on the show. Maybe it's up there with Pearl telling Rue. Is there something on my face? Something on my face, yeah. You know? And uh, it was just pure cringe, and I was here for it. So I actually, even though it's probably the worst comedy routine in the history of the show, in the history of the show, because there's nothing actually redeemingly funny. Because like, In other words, with Farrah's roast and Laganja's stand-up, uh, they're iconically bad, where they're hilarious – because of how bad they are. There is nothing here where you would be like, this is funny. Okay. <laughs> like, I will never want to listen to this again. Okay. But, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. The thing I did not like, and it, it, it's in line with what you didn't like, the stunt shows, the hijinks, the tomfoolery is 
out of control. I think because this season is so guarded, so best friends race. I mean, think about what we just saw today. We're getting close to the end. We're now at the final five after this episode. And Candy wins a challenge and all the girls cheer. You yeah. know? In previous seasons, there would have been some side-eye and glares. And, a, and right. a confessional where they're like, well, I guess another week where we have Candy still. You know? No. Everyone's yeah. like legitimately happy for their friend Candy Muse. And mm-hmm. they give him so little that... that, that you know, we're going to have to say something here. You know, I'll, you know, I'll save it. We're going we're gonna to have to have a, a mild spoiler segment. Mild. Later in the show. And I'll put the spoiler music and whatnot. Oh, I don't know if I have it right now. But, um, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do something. So, uh, because it, it, it involves this episode, the telegraphing of what's going on and, and, and all that. So, insane, insane, insane. I do not like it. Uh, all right, Taylor, after Tina's elimination, Utica believes she should have gone home instead of Tina. She asks for the group's opinion on her lip sync and confesses that she sees herself as the lip sync assassin of the season. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge, a video makeup tutorial. The queens working in pairs will create makeup tutorials on how to take the best selfie. One of the, one queen will function as the face, while the other will use her arms to act out the lesson. The pairs break down as follows. Candy and Rosé, Olivia and Simone, and Gottmik and Utica. Candy and Rosé win the challenge and gain an advantage in the maxi challenge. Taylor, your thoughts on all things after the elimination, all things the next day. What do you, what do you got for us? I think the, way that Utica was talking when she was talking about Tina and she seemed to be going from sad to happy to, she was sort of all over the place. Yeah. And the way that she has talked about when she lip syncs, when she does some of these things and when she is, you know, when she did Bob Ross for snatch game, when she, some of the other activities that she's done that she doesn't necessarily see what other people are seeing. Mm hmm. It kind of speaks to an extreme version of what we talk about in therapy called mindfulness, meaning being very in the moment. Mm-hmm. And in that regards, I can't like, you know, the the the, the um, feeling, you know, while there is this fear of that, you may go home. I think Utica realized somewhere along the line she was never going to be the next drag race superstar. Mm-hmm. So I think that her thought is I'm just going to enjoy the moment versus thinking ahead like the other queens do and realizing the ramifications of when you lip sync it's you know that means that there's a chance you're going to go home this is not your opportunity to shine you know like you know you know when we've watched other lip syncers you see a level of fear by their eyes while they're lip syncing that Mm -hmm. you don't see with utica and this is sort of an example of that i think of where she is sort of like you know hey i got to send tina home and isn't this great and i just had so much fun out there you know, it's fun for us to watch as viewers, but it's sort of there's this disconnect of we just watched you. It's called lip sync for your to for your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little disconcerting that she doesn't quite get that. Um, but there's also something about it that I can I can appreciate that that somebody who sees the world that way of where they are allowing themselves to feel what they're feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regards, that's. That's a that's a good thing. It's just it's just an odd. We've never seen a queen that's done something like that because even usually when they say that they're when they're coming back and they're kind of puffing out their chest, it's not from a place of I had so much fun out there. It's a if I you know it's usually the famous if I have to send all of you girls home through a lip sync, 
which is always the kiss of death thing to say, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, that could, that also was still fear-based. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and the whole idea of, you know, am I this season's lip-sync assassin? And, you know, I just feel like this is so great. They're, they were foreshadowing. They were telegraphing so hard in that first segment. Well, we know now who's going home this week. Mm-hmm. Well, also they were telegraphing in that segment too. There's a discussion later where the girls talk about Rose and Simone winning and Candy's like, I haven't won and I need to win. I'm like, okay, well, here we, because you know, the rumor, yeah. I know who wins. So I can look at the edit with that eye. And I'm like, well, yes, we're going to win this week. Yeah. We, well, for anyone who doesn't know the ending, you're either like, well, Candy's going home this week or she's winning this week. One of the two's going right. to happen. Right. Uh, so, um, Utica, man, there are several places where we can talk about her and I can talk about the same topic and I guess I can talk about it here and if uh, it comes up more, if I think of more later, I'll, I'll bring it up then. But I think there is something very off about her. Uh, like, I am not a mental health professional, okay? You are, uh-huh. and I want you to diagnose her right here on the spot. Oh, but, yeah, no, that's that's totally going to happen. Yeah, but the inability to read the room or read what the energy is get she's getting back is very very bizarre uh there's also an element that there's somebody i know that that doesn't know how to feel in situations and so she will often, I feel like, study how other people think and then try and replicate that. But anytime she's caught mm-hmm. off guard, because it's not part of her study... Actually, Simone's a perfect example. Not of this thing, but if you take Simone's performance, she has that... I called it a Marla Gibbs character, but a Marla mm-hmm. Gibbs-type character. And uh she has it very studied, but anytime you give her anything that she hasn't prepared for her weeks in advance of the show... She falls right. flat, like in the, in the roast. Same thing here, where like I have a friend, she studies how how human beings are supposed to react, and if a, a, if an emotion happens that doesn't work, it throws her off, almost like a robot who's here and studied how humans act and doesn't know how to respond when you're like, I don't know what emotion is. So what I'm trying right. to get to at is, it sounds like Utica knows how to pretend to be a human, but in situations where it's an unusual situation, like being on a reality show and in a competition like this is just something off where she's doing the whole, like, I know I'm supposed to cry here and I'm supposed to be like, I'm supposed, it seems like an act. Like I'm supposed to be sad that Tina's gone. Right. But I'm just too excited. Well then on a, and then on a dime, it's not even like, you know, it's like on a dime. Okay. Now that the tears are gone, how'd you guys, what'd you guys think of the lip sync? Yeah. How was it? How was I? And it's, it's just very, very strange. It's a very, very, it's weird. It's very weird. Well, yeah. I mean, she doesn't seem to be, you know, and th- this was talked. I told you not to watch on talk because most of it was just everybody saying, how do you think I did to each oh, other? Really? Um, or how they all thought they did. And then the, the girls, the nice girls came back and talked to them for a couple of minutes. But they talk about that a little bit as far as the, there are times that you are, it's off putting. Mm-hmm. because you're either trying too hard or you're not trying enough. There seems to be no mm-hmm. connection between Utica and a lot of the other girls. Um, and, 
you know, it is, I have thoughts that I'm not going to necessarily share because it's not fair. I, I'm not her therapist. I, I mean, there are, there are things that I am seeing that they are, that they are showing. I'm getting a select, a selection that the producers have selected for me as far as segments that could lead to whether it's a diagnosis or whether it's, you know, how I would treat Utica, if, you know, for, for care if she came in to see me. But uh, that has been something that you see somebody who is so, Utica is fascinating in that she sees the world in a very different way where she is learning her place in the world in a very different way than all of the other contestants have Mm -hmm. this season and the majority of the other seasons. So in that regard, she's fascinating to watch. But it's also there is that cringe factor sometimes where you just think, oh, that's not what you're – don't, 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 uh," you know. Well, she's a Seventh-day Adventist who lived on a farm, and it sort of feels like she's on her rumspringer, you know. To, <laughs> yeah. it, but it, it, there was a, a reality show uh, about these Amish kids who go on their rumspringer. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Amish lifestyle, there is some sort of rite of passage in the Amish, Amish culture where when you – I think you hit like 17 or 18. 17, or yeah. yeah. You are – you go out into the real world – and you live for a year and you have to make a choice whether you're going to go, you're going to commit to the Amish lifestyle or stay out in the world. And what's really sad is then they cut you off, which is very bizarre if you stay out yeah. in the real world. But, um, but it does sort of, ha- but when you see in the reality show and there was a documentary about it too, um, these kids, when they go out in the real world, they, it, go buck wild yeah and they and it's hard for them to adjust to sort of a different culture uh than the one they're used to and so uh first of all they have very weird haircuts okay but <laughs> but but i think it's the same thing with utica she's left utica new york which is in upstate new york and she left her farm i don't know if she lives on a farm but like I think she's with these drag queens and she's just like, uh, I don't, it, it sort of reminds me of who was that queen from last year who did that really bad snatch game? Aiden, Aiden Zane. Aiden Zane, yeah. Who was a bedroom queen and hadn't really left her bedroom and I think found it difficult to, to interact with these very real world, real drag queens. Hers, her, her conflict with them was different, you know, but I think there's something about Utica where, because one of the, I think the fatal flaws and sort of the naivete about Utica was, you know, they have these story producers. And as, you know, as Dita Ritz shared with us on her interview, you are assigned a story producer. And that's your story producer. And they're the ones that talk to you in the confessionals. And Utica makes the fatal mistake of thinking that that story producer is her advocate and on her side. And she's telling them things because she thinks that they're on her team. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, thank you for saying right. that Olivia's going to do shitty, but you said over there that Olivia's going to do well. Yeah, there's a naive, naivete with Utica that we have never really seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think in a very clever – it's probably always been there, but they saved it to build the story they wanted to build. You know? Mm-hmm. And so there's been an arc. It's uh, fascinating, but uh, I think there's something – uh very off about it um all right let's move on um the next uh, we already did that next rupaul and, oh we didn't talk about the mini challenge i love the mini challenge yeah. i thought the mini challenge was a lot of fun um i i would have assumed that anastasia 
of Beverly Hills would have been the person. But I have she the was answer. on like All Stars One, right? All Stars Two. All Stars Two. Yeah, I have the answer. I actually looked up Norvina. Okay, Norvina is Anastasia's daughter. Oh, okay. And now runs the company. You know, okay. I think maybe Anastasia is like, I'm retired. Does now. she wear that glittery dress to staff meetings? Because if so, I need to apply to work for Anastasia. Also, very strange that a cis woman is wearing that almost drag queen like like breast th- thing to yeah. accentuate her cleavage. Yeah, but um, but uh, is is a cisgendered woman? I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. Not because she seems like it, but I was just the way she dressed. She dressed like a drag queen, which is probably smart well, to maybe do. Maybe she was having fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if she, yeah. Came, if she came in in a power suit, then you would, yeah. we're, we're talking about her. Whereas yeah. before, we would have been like, oh, that was some some random woman was sitting in a director's chair next to her. There's strangely an article about Norvina. Norvina's not her real name. It's actually a very interesting story. It actually kind of is her real name. She was born in Romania, which I guess is where Anastasia from Beverly Hills is. Makes and sense. they wanted to name her Norvina. When she was born. I don't know what that name means. But in Romania, I guess, you have to name someone a Romanian name. So it was rejected. So Anastasia, just kind of fierce, is like, all right. Um, and heard the other person next to her naming the daughter Claudia. So she named like, oh, okay, I like that one. And names her Claudia. So on her birth certificate, it's Claudia. And I guess in professional sense, she goes by Claudia. But here in the U.S. and her family, they call her Norvina. Because that was a name that the okay. mom wanted to name her, but couldn't okay. in Romania. So, um, yeah, and runs the company and is some sort of, like, popular makeup uh, beauty guru. I don't know if it's by – because she runs this major makeup company or what. But, uh, yeah. So that's who she is. Um, she was fine. I thought she was having a lot of fun with it. I, I, you know, I liked her better than, like, Anastasia from Beverly – Anastasia Beverly Hills was very, like, you know – Old Romanian mom was like, "You will listen to me, and I teach you how to do makeup uh, eyebrows." Right. You know, like you put the brow on so you don't look like man. Yeah, yeah very. Whereas this, she she was she was having fun. It was a fun. It seemed like everybody sort of exhaled a little bit. Like yes. it was just sort of we're we're going to be silly. We're gonna we're gonna have fun with it. Nobody seemed to get floundered flustered with it, and and it was you know Rue laughing. Rue yeah. seemed to be genuinely laughing at some of the. You know, she was laughing fast enough that you know that she wasn't trying to laugh. That some of the things that when they were coming at each other with the brush and stuff, they, they were that, that it just it was. Rue laughing is a great, great sound when it's genuine, mm-hmm. and this felt very genuine. Which she hasn't done one of those mini challenge type of bits before in a long time. Where she sits, yeah. she's actually there. What I will say is going back to Norvina is she seemed to know the show. I almost get the sense, because Anastasia, when she was on All Stars, she was like, why is she here? You know, like, but I bet you Norvina's the fan and was the one that sort of convinced Anastasia to sign on. But in, but in, in, uh, usually in what, we haven't seen one of these vanity judge things in a long time, you know? Yeah. But, but do you remember in the early days when they used to have, uh, the guy from Absolute Cocktails on. I don't know what that asshole's name Jeffrey was. Jeffrey Moran. Oh, Jeffrey Moran. Yeah. He was horrible. Mm-hmm. He was a fucking prick to the girls, right? Right. And he, and he thought he was like a real judge. This girl had a sense of humor about it and loved the show and I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I wouldn't have yeah. minded seeing her on the good. panel. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I could see that. If they did, like, a makeup challenge, yes. like, like a serious makeup challenge, I would love to see something like that. Yeah, she was. She had a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, all right, now we can move on. 
Uh, next, RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge. It's a roast. This time there's no audience, and their guests of honor will be former Miss Congeniality queens Heidi in Closet, Nina West, and Valentina. As the winners of the mini challenge, Candy and Rosé get to determine the lineup. Candy takes the opening spot, while Rosé chooses the closing spot. Later in the workroom, Simone and Gottmik worry about their comedy chops. Utica tells Olivia she'll be great, but says the opposite in the confessional. Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom. Um, as far as when have we, are we talking about Rosé and Candy figuring out yeah, the order? If you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought that they seemed, I'm glad to see that they work together. I was worried at one point when they both said they wanted to go first, that that was going to start an argument. But I yeah. think Rosé was smart to go, you know what? Fuck it. We're at the end mm-hmm. at this point. She's pretty much knows unless she really shit the bed. Mm-hmm. that you know which there was a level of confidence there with her and her considering herself to be a comedy queen like she said last week that she feels as though she could nail it so if you have an opportunity to take that like that i don't see why you wouldn't mm-hmm. and that you know her and candy got to work together and figure out everybody's and 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 not trying to fuck anybody over they said they said we purposely did this so that we we tried really hard to not fuck anybody over whereas i feel like when you compare that to last season's all-stars where Cracker pretty much said, "I am doing this to fuck you all over." Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was that was nice to see. Yeah, and I thought the order made sense. Look, I've said it so many times that I'm only going to do a brief review. A roast is different from uh, a typical lineup in a comedy show. Okay, in that because in a stand-up comedy show, you could have. Uh, Lori as the opener, and she's going to talk about being a fat lesbian. Then you can have Joe uh, doing his uh, stand-up, and I'm going to talk about being a fat gay, right? And uh-huh. then you could have Shannon, she's going to talk about being a straight woman who's married, right? Mm-hmm. In a roast, all the jokes are on the same topic. So, right. And Candy says this in the confessional, which is very savvy. In her confessional, yes. she says a couple of reasons why she wants to go first, but one of them is if I go first, I can say the joke first, and the other girl, if I was, if she actually says it in, a, in an opposite way. She says, if I'm going after first and another girl uses my joke, I'm going to be shit out of luck. So if I go right. first, I can, do, I can do all the jokes, which is the smartest thing. The roast position in the first position, unlike a usual comedy show, is the smartest position. Also, what's really funny, just by nature of... Because one of the things in a stand-up show is the opener is usually a tough spot because uh, they have to warm the audience up. Right. There was no audience. The audience people are already there. They're warmed up, essentially. So they kind of, so Candy was at another advantage is that they're ready for this. Like they're, you know, it's a thing. But even still, even still, and we'll call, we'll get to this when we analyze the roasts is in Candy's roast, she says, Hey, judges. And they go, Hi, all of them say, Hi, Candy. And by the time you get to like, you know, Olivia and she goes, And the judges. And it's just Rue going, Hey. You know, they're already <laughs> tired by that point, you know? So there's already full of energy for candy. So that was an advantage. So very, very smart move. And Rosé taking a very brave move because if you're going to close, that means all the jokes have been said. In fact, if you think about Rosé's set, as as good as it was, she repeated some of the jokes, you know, especially with Nina West, you yeah. know? And so that's just by the very nature. That's sort of the problem with going uh, last. Um, all right, let's move on. 
On the main stage, the girls run their sets for Michelle Visage and comedy veteran Lonnie Love. Candy Muse goes too blue. Gottmik fumbles through her notes. Olivia Luck struggles to be mean. Rosé impresses the judges with her jokes. Simone confuses the judges. And finally, Utica is brutal and chooses to brush off the suggestions of the judges. It's elimination day, and the girls get ready for the runaway. Candy reveals that she uses comedy as a coping mechanism, and Rosé treasures the sound of laughter. Taylor, any thoughts on that Maxi Challenge rehearsal or the elimination day? Well, I think the Maxi Challenge rehearsal, the cringe level with Utica, I almost want to say that was worse than her her routine mm-hmm. with the where they're saying to her don't do the fat jokes or don't mm-hmm. don't do the where you're making your hands really big into mm-hmm. that sort of thing and she just keeps going where I, you know and she i don't know if that's nerves i don't know if that's where she she there's just this disconnect of where she thinks oh we're being playful and we're reading each other or what it was but that to me was where my husband kept doing the where he kept turning around and looking at me like, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing sort of thing? And I just was like, this is, this is not good. Or I just, I just kept, I was very much the, um, the, the, the gif of Chrissy Teigen at the people's choice awards where I'm doing the weird, like, uh, you know, kind of, it was, it was bad. Um, I, I thought Lonnie Love was really great as a, as a coach with everybody. I think that she did a really good job in that regards. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the maxi staged? Uh, Let me tell you about this Lonnie Marshall's. Love because I saw some things on Reddit that were like, "Oh, they should have had Nicole Byer on because she's a comic." Lonnie Love, maybe you've heard of her. Stand up comedians, especially in Los Angeles, but I think she's all over the place. Lonnie Love is fucking legit. You do uh-huh. not get more legit and veteran than Lonnie Love. I think even Nicole Byer would be like, "No, no, 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 no." They got the right person for this job. Lonnie Love's been around forever. She was iconic when I started stand-up. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being at a show, I think I've told this story before at a, on the show, I remember being at the improv when she was doing a set and I went to the bathroom to pee and at, at the improv they would play the, you could hear the audio from the stage uh, uh, in the bathroom and this is, this is like 2006, I want to say. And yeah. She was the headliner there. She was already iconic in 2006. And I was peeing, and she told this joke, which I'm going to fuck up, and a lot of it has to do with her delivery, which is so fantastic. But she was talking about how she hated on American Idol when they they would eliminate you and make the drag... I'm not drag queen. They would make sometimes. But on American Idol, when you got eliminated, then they would make you sing a song. Uh-huh. And she was like, that's as if you worked at the post office and they fired you and they gave you some mail and said, can you drop this off on the way home? <laughs> and that I remember laughing so hard and my pee was just going all over the place in the urinal. Uh-huh. I was laughing so hard. And her delivery was awesome on that line. But like she was already – this. I mean Lonnie Love is iconic. And I'm not taking away from Nicole Byer as a comedian, but I'm just saying she's been – I mean she's been around for a long time and she knows her shit. Uh, yeah. And like I said, even Nicole Byer would – would defer bow down yeah, yeah to Lonnie Love. Um so uh there's that. Next, uh what you were talking about with Utica, it's the same thing that we were just talking about. You know, it's so funny and again I I know I, I read this on Reddit, but it was already floating in my brain, so this is already out there in the ether, is that for someone who was so concerned about her Bob Ross wig 
or dressing in the Baps outfit. This behavior reinforces something that I had suspected before is that that whole nonsense was performative and to sort of use a a term from the right, it seemed a lot like virtue signaling because I don't think she really believed it because how do you say I'm so concerned about being canceled and being offensive with my Afro, even the guy, the guy had an Afro and um, that I don't want to, you know, appropriate uh, black culture and then go as ham as she did in this thing. And okay. I could see going ham like that in the rehearsal, but then they're telling you, you're really being too that's not funny and then she right she is like yeah fuck it, i'm not gonna do that <laughs> like right like, how does she they're saying you're being cruel and saying horrible awful awful right. things. I mean, it wasn't even it was just mean it mean. was there was nothing even remote I, if she had said where she had a joke if she had a fat joke mm-hmm. that was funny that mm-hmm. was genuinely funny. I mean, like, you know, Rosé, I feel like, had the one where she said, of course, Nina's here. One of her shoulders could be in Texas and the other could be in Arkansas. Yeah. You know, kind of like that. I mean, that sort of is speaking on Nina's size. And that was a funny joke. They thought that was funny. There's, if there's a cleverness, if there's an intelligence to it, mm-hmm. she could have, as a, as a tall, lanky guy, she could have maybe got away with that. But the fact that there was no humor to it, it was just pretty much saying, you know, hey, fat pig, yeah. you know, that's not Yeah, okay. there was just, well, it was, it was kind of like when you're doing the notes, you go, okay, what can we make fun of? All right, you know, Nina West is a fat pig. How do we make this funny? She's going out there saying, you're a fat pig. Right. So, uh, I don't know. We're going to listen to that one. So we will analyze Are it. We? And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling. It is a mind-boggling. It is a it is a, a, a an act that could study for days, and maybe we'll oh, maybe we'll study it more on the rumor mill tomorrow because we will uh-huh. have Lori on there, and Lori, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, Lori is an iconic. Uh, she in in the L.A. comedy scene, it's like if there was a Mount Rushmore, Lori would be well, she'd be the mountain, but. <laughs> You said that joke before, but it made it's me still laugh. funny. <laughs> but she is iconic in the LA comedy scene. So to hear her, Lonnie Love would defer to Lori. Yeah, in fact, she. In, in fact, Lonnie Love has sat at the feet of Lori. She has, and 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 taken a master class at times. She has, and in fact, has invited her to the House of Love. So now, actually, uh-huh. technically, her name's Lori Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, that's so. It, we'll 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 break down every. We'll, we'll we'll do Utica today here, but we will break down most of the bits. I don't know if I'm going to hit you know some, yeah. but the most important ones we'll hit tomorrow on the rumor mill. But um, what, are, what yeah. are your thoughts on? I, I figured we would talk a little bit about the mirror moments because mm-hmm. uh, talking about not only humor sort of as a defense mechanism, which yeah. I feel like you and I both use, but not only that, but the medicine the 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 mind medicine that you get with hearing somebody laugh i have said on pot is my co-pilot and i said on here and one of my favorite noises in the world one of my favorite sounds of the world is when i say something and you genuinely laugh at what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that is one of my favorite things that because because i i consider you to be very funny and i consider you to be very clever and you tend to i tend to be the the straight man on this show 
So when I do occasionally say something and you laugh, that is a that is a great feeling for me. Well, because so, it never happens. So Exactly, exactly. So now it's rare. I feel like it happened more early on, but that's when Daniel was the straight guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've sort of I've sort of moved to to being where I'm this. But what what can you say as far as you know, laughter as a defense mechanism and talk to me a little bit about what, how you feel when you get people to laugh. What is that like for you? Well, it happens so often. I think I've sort of lost. <laughs> oh, <fuck this> off. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, and this is something that Aiden and I argue about. I don't think I'm very funny. I really don't. I think I'm really good if I have a skill at making people that I know who are funny, funnier. You know, so like, uh, Lori is a perfect example. Have you heard Lori and other horrible, which is on other shows? But when uh-huh. she's on with me, I know how to make her funny, you know, uh, by sort of being the straight man, so to speak, or, and whatnot. And, um, but I, I know what you're saying. Um, and also in this thing that we do, Taylor, we don't really hear laughter. You know, yeah. we just have to assume that people are laughing later. Um, but yes, there is something, uh, palliative about being able to make someone laugh. It's, it's funny to think of something that I take for granted. I think I heard Rose comment on that. And I did think like, oh, I should probably be appreciative more that I am not as good as other people, but, but, but yeah. can do it. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it does, it does. I don't think necessarily laughing. Well, no, I've talked about in very, very difficult times in my life. Uh, the greatest moments that I've had and the greatest thing gifts that I've given people have been either they made me laugh or I made them laugh. You know, I remember when my friend, my friend Melissa, her mom died suddenly, like, um, the dad woke up and the mom was dead. There wasn't, she wasn't Uh sick. She wasn't anything, just dead. And so to get that sort of sudden news, I remember her husband called and said, Hey, can you come over and sort of hang out? And I happened to have a, personality flaw that benefits that in that when i'm uncomfortable with things i will just avoid it and make other jokes and i think that's what she needed at that point it wasn't that it was some sort of mm-hmm. genius it was just like i don't mm-hmm. want to talk about her dead mom so i will talk about other things and that made her laugh and it was for that time she could forget it and i think same thing when i was going through my deep depression when my grandparents died the greatest phone calls i had were like with my friends who are comedians and made jokes you yeah. know or Lori, you know um <laughs> Comedians and Lori. Well, (laughs) Lori is so high that you can't even call her a comedian, you know? Right. Um, Well, I I mean, you and I talked before we started taping as far as we brought up the idea that I was having – I was in a really depressed mood one night. And just out of nowhere, you randomly mentioned your cousin's friend who's named Tittles. mm -hmm. And for some reason, just you saying that – I got, I started like scream laughing, like where it was just this release that I needed mm-hmm. that was, that was just really good. Yeah, so, I mean, my, you know, laugh, laughter is so important and humor, especially with the last like year and a half that we've had is, yeah. is so important. Just to fill the audience and tittles was this, uh, imagine Stacey Lane Matthews, but a, a blonde white woman. And, uh, she, um, was a crazy person and I was a child. I was probably an adolescent, more like my, <laughs> uh-huh. between the ages of 10 and 12. And my gay cousin, who was an older gay cousin, would bring over tittles. And there'd always be these crazy stories about her, about how, like, she had to go to a wedding, but she didn't have a gift. So she took, like, 
she took all her utensils and wrapped them and that was her gift at the wedding and mm-hmm. uh and whatnot. So that's what Taylor is talking about. Um all right, well why don't we do this? On that note, why don't we take a break and when we come back, we are gonna get right into the roast. Uh, where's this break? Oh. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, I got to get something off my chest. By the time I finish watching RuPaul's Drag Race two times, recording two different shows about it, and spending my entire week around RuPaul's Drag Race, the last thing I want to do is listen to other podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. But people are constantly saying, do you listen to this podcast or that podcast? And I'll be honest with you, I don't because I barely have time to record the one that I do. And I this 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 sits on me on my chest. So I have to get it off my chest because I'm like is this hindering my growth as a creator? So I'm glad I told you guys this so you guys can stop recommending shows or asking me if I listen to Race Chaser or Sibling Rivalry. We all carry around different stressors by the way. Big, small, serious, silly. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Can you imagine if I went to therapy with this? And to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited tremendously from therapy. Tremendously. And it's a way for me to work out different problems that I've had. And I've shared those problems with you before. If you have stressors in your life, you need to talk them out. That's how you release the toxicity is by talking it out. And therapy can help do that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. When they designed it, they designed it to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if you don't like your therapist, you can just switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. I did it from far today. Uh, I actually did a fist pump, too. I don't think I've ever done that. You did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, with your beanie on. We haven't talked about your beanie. Yeah, with my summer beanie. Yeah, you know what it is? is I can't find my hair clip. And so, I don't know. This is going to be such an obscure reference. But the way I usually, when I'm, I usually have a hair clip, but I can't find it. So I've had my hair in a band. And the way I have to do it in the band is I look like this is such an obscure, obscure reference. I will be surprised if anyone except listener, I'm a librarian, gets this. I had a children's book called, um, oh, what was it about? It was about a cat that was really bad. I don't remember what it was, but the cat was a really bad cat. And and he, oh, fi- the fire cat, because he could, he could, he could, he could, he could, the firehouse uh, adopts him. Okay. And in the beginning, he's the stray cat. That this woman named Mrs. Goodkind finds. And she has her hair done in such a way that it's like a, a hair and then a little big bow that goes all the way up. Like a big a ball. Uh-huh. And that's what I look like. I look like Mrs. Goodkind from the fire cat. 
<laughs> and uh, I didn't want to have that today, so I put on a summer beanie to hide it because my hair is a mess right now. It's, okay, it's crazy. I have like a sub. I have like a summer beanie on. It actually looks like more like I'm a Keebler elf, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't want to subject you to the hair. Um, all right, Taylor. Yep. Nina West, Valentina, and Heidi in closet join the queens on the main stage for the roast. Candy Muse lights up the room with her opening set. Simone fumbles. Utica stumbles. Got Mick shines. Olivia fizzles. And finally, Rosé crushes. Taylor, your thoughts on this nice girls roast. Who did you like? Who did you not like? Give us all the tea. So kind of going down the line, I thought Candy, Candy started off to me very weak okay. and then got stronger over the course of her set Mm -hmm. i thought in the beginning she was just sort of being candy Mm -hmm. um and there was not a lot of polish to it and then like you 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 sort of watched her get into her groove a little bit more than i was expecting her to Mm -hmm. and by the end a couple of the things that she said were funny but there was still sort of a there was still a roughness to it that was very candy but Mm -hmm. the jokes in the beginning i thought were not great um what were your thoughts on Candy? It was, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, okay, I think we both agree she should not have won. And I, think, I would, I yeah. wholeheartedly, yeah. yes, I would say. And that. I think the debate really is, is whether it should have been Gottmik or Rosé, you know? Yes. And, um, and we'll see where you fall and something like that. I thought it was fine. And, you know, in a weird kind of way, even though it was perfectly fine, there's no complaints. Um, I actually thought she had some very solid jokes in there. Uh, I do have a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but there is evidence to back it up. Um, but um, I think she was fine. She was good. I laughed. Some good jokes in there. Uh, do you want to talk about your conspiracy theory? Yeah, I'll talk about it right now. Is okay. We know this from um, the season that uh, season nine. They did a sort of similar uh, routine. Or I don't, they did some sort of, yeah, the Farrah Roast. Farrah Moon Roast. I was going to say, that, that was the Michelle Visage Roast. Michelle Visage the... Roast of season nine. Yeah. They had, okay, you know, like when they do a song, the girls will go and they'll record their lyrics and then they go and when they work with the choir, they, and the girls almost go like in a, like a, uh, what is the thing where you work in like, a, like you build this assembly line? It's yeah. some sort of assembly line, right? So while that's all going on, you know, maybe they're in rehearsal or with this or with that. On season nine, they had, they worked with a writer. Okay. Uh-huh. And I am 75% sure that they did the same thing here. Yeah. The reason being, and I think the way the producers control it is how much help the writer gives the performer uh, is controlled in their individual meeting. So that if they want someone to do poorly, they get less help. If they want someone to do well, they get more help. I was going to say, just to make sure that Utica didn't kill it. Yeah. They didn't suddenly give her... Whereas or Simone I would, is a perfect example too, or, or Simone. But mm-hmm. then you've also got somebody like where they don't want to watch that they need Trinity in season six mm-hmm. to do well to complete her arc. So they pretty much hand her a pre-written. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, as, as we as we have as we have thought possibly when we talked about season six. Well, I think I don't remember who talked about. It. I remember it was Peppermint herself, but you know, no one helped Farah, but Peppermint got a lot of help. I remember that was the thing. And yeah. uh, and I think because some of Gottmik's jo- – I mean, not Gottmik's. I'm sorry. We're not there yet. Candy Candy says in her confessional that she's never been good at roasts, right? Yeah. Um, but there was a polish 
to her jokes that seemed like they'd been through a a, a punch up or a rewrite. Also, her the, the last two jokes at the end about Jurassic Park and she di- the she's so old that she died or something like that, right? I told her to act her age and she died. Yeah, I think that joke has even been on Drag Race before. I mean, that's an old timey roast joke. Yeah. Okay. That is old timey. That is as old as roasts, you know. Yeah. And so, like, it had that feel. Also, there were some uh, particularly very not inside, but like jokes or like almost like they were suggestions that the queens had that because like why would they know that Lonnie Love was an electrical engineer or um, I thought that too where somebody said they were going to make a joke about that and that that was like well, they must okay. have gotten a sheet for topics because like there were a lot of jokes about Valentina, Valentina being on a rent and I'm like who remembers that like of all the Valentina jokes there were so many jokes about her performance on rent and I'm like, oh, what that's well, what if that just happened? When did when was that? I don't know. That would have just happened before. It was pre pandemic. And they recorded this like in late summer of twenty twenty. Okay. So I don't it just seemed a very strange thing, you know? Yeah. And uh and then some of the jokes were just not necessarily with candies, but um I felt with Got Mix, and um, I don't think Rosé had much help, but there was somebody else who was like, oh, like, Olivia had one good joke, and I was like, how do you have nothing but shitty jokes, but then one good joke that seemed right. written and in the right structure and all that? It was sort of weird. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was something, there was some sort of, again, chicanery going on in this show. Uh, I think uh, we just don't know what it was, yeah. you know? Um, so that's sort of my thought on Candy. I think good, solid set. I don't think it was the winner. I think to me it was a safe set. Uh, some of the jokes were written. But again, I think the, all the girls got some degree of help to varying degrees, depending on how the producers wanted them to do. Um, all right. What did you think of Simone? Simone's was, she was definitely overthinking the jokes. And the only thing missing for me with this one was the, you know, the microphone feedback like we did for yeah. Alyssa mm-hmm. <laughs> when Rose, you know, that's sort of the, the overmodulation and stuff. It was just it was she was just she just looked panicked the entire time. But again, she was also kind of relying on that that cadence and that way that she talks of where she tries to be, as you said, the Marla Gibbs type character. Yeah, that was it's 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 kind of deflate as much as I love Simone and thought she looked beautiful. There's something very kind of where you're sort of like, oh, we're doing this again mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, what I find puzzling is, look, and I said this before, Simone, yes, she was, she's a very prepared queen. Okay, very prepared. And, but even still has a sense to take the elements that she knows and knows how they work. And what I mean is a lot of her jokes didn't have punchlines, which, so it wasn't like she, tr- like Olivia is a perfect example. Olivia had punchlines that failed. Yeah. Simone just didn't have punchlines with some of the jokes, which seems very bizarre. Like I would think that Simone, who's such a prepared queen would have at least a punchline, even if it failed. That's that's what I find very, very strange and puzzling about well, the whole thing. And she mentioned that she did mention that in the um, 
in Untucked where she was mad at herself because she goes, I know I could have done better and I didn't. And that makes me mad that I had an opportunity here and I kind of dropped the ball. What I don't get now, this could be the way the show works now. Uh, as you know, not to do a Patreon plug, the exclusive tier at Patreon right now, we are currently covering season three of RuPaul's Drag Race. And so recently we covered an episode or a couple episodes where the Heathers, which is composed, uh, comprised of, uh, Raja, uh, Carmen, um, Manila and Delta. Mm-hmm. have been very critical of Shangela because they sh- say Shangela relies on, like, Mariah to do her wig and for Alexis to help with the sewing or Yara to help with the sewing, that, that she relies on everyone for help, okay? Mm-hmm. And that gets them angry. That this is, She's not really the competition. All, she has all the other drag queens doing her work. So why wouldn't Simone go to, like, she knows Rosé is doing well, why wouldn't she go to Rose, Rose and say, can you help me with my jokes? Maybe there's a rule about it now where they can't. I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, cause there were just no, or can you look over my jokes and give me some notes? Because like I said, there were no punchlines, which was very, very strange. Yeah. But, it was, it was just sort of, it was flat. Yeah. There was there was nothing really joyous about it. Yeah. It was panic. She looked she looked scared the entire time. Yeah. Now next we have Utica. Now Utica we're gonna actually play. Okay. <laughs> I have them all, but we're gonna actually play this one. Yeah. Uh here we go. Let me lower it a little bit, kind of just been running loud. Here we go. Oh, Simone, I thought I was the one who had the balls to bomb that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so good joke out of the gate. Now, by the way, there is a very interesting... I was thinking about this earlier. That... In a weird kind of way, the pandemic has helped the editors. Because with no audience there, it gives them complete freedom to make anyone as good or as bad as they want. Yeah, I thought that was also very weird. That that had to be odd to be on a stage telling jokes and stuff and to not get that immediate reaction from the audience other than the horrible fake laughing behind yeah yeah but what's tricky is they ran into a problem in that utica tells you'll hear right now it's the simone and pumba joke where they need to stay on it they couldn't give her the the dead knit the the bomb silence and you hear people actually laugh at the joke, but it's off mic. You'll hear it. Watch. Good job, Simone! The judges love you so much in this competition, especially Ross. You know, Ross and Simone, I think you guys would make a great couple. Ooh. Simone and Pumbaa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hakuna Matata! See, they had to stay out there for the Hakuna Matata part. But then they try to treat it like it's a joke. But you actually hear people, the few people laughing. It doesn't, that yeah. joke makes no sense. I still don't even know what... I know there's Timon, so Simone. But how is... Because originally in the joke, it was RuPaul was going to be Pumbaa. How is Ross Pumbaa? Because Pumbaa is the warthog? I guess you're right, yeah. It's, just, it's a horrible joke. Yeah, it's not a great joke. He just liked the idea that Simone rhymed with Timon. Yeah. Ross, you know I love you. You are so gay that you don't on the You skittles on the what do you think that what the original line was? What we what did we, we didn't what didn't we hear? Does anybody know in the Discord to have the iTunes version? You don't I want to say you don't sit on the dick, you skittles on the dick? 
it's shit. Oh yeah, because it would be it bleep out shit. You don't shit on the dick. You skittles on the dick. Shit, like shit on the toilet. You skittles on it. I'm trying to figure out what the joke even is. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not. I good. mean skittles. I guess because the rainbow sort of thing, but it, yeah, it, you know, it's right. it, again not great. Yeah. You're so gay. They should. Uh, uh, oh they should make the whole. Uh, woo. They should. Oh god, here it goes. Take celebrity <laughs> Big Brother and make it celebrity Big Brother with benefits. What does that even mean? It I know it's. You're, you're pretty much watching the roller skates where you see somebody with all of a sudden like whoa whoa yeah that's that's kind of what we're getting. Okay, okay, okay. Now that, you know, I got my balls out of the way and I'm bombing, I'm bombing. I know, I know. Uh, let me tell you guys something. Such a rookie mistake as a comic to acknowledge that you're bombing. You don't. Not to quote Elaine Boozler from the deodorant commercials. <laughs> Such an old-timey joke. You never let them see you sweat. <laughs> sweat. <laughs> okay, for anyone under 40... There was a series of commercials with 1980s comic Elaine Boozler for uh, what was it for? For arid, arid after yeah. arid extra dry uh, extra dry yeah. yeah, where she talked about being a comic and bombing, and she says you never let them see you sweat. And I don't know why that commercial stuck with me. And you remembered it too. Another podcast I used to listen to used to go back and make fun of that commercial all the time because mm-hmm. the one one of the co-hosts. Um, instead of going to his senior prom, went and saw Elaine Boozler in concert. <laughs> <laughs> so they used to talk about Elaine Boozler and they used to talk about that's the only reason I remember it's the um the only reason I remember what commercial that is. Because they yeah. used to play the commercial on the show. We might play it in a bit. Hold on. Yeah. Nina. I'm gonna play it when you're like eyeing the clock because you have to go. I'll tell you to play it. <laughs> okay. West. Yo, yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you could speak whale. That is a horrible joke. It's not even funny. Well, and the best part of that is where at one point, you know, Nina West is just like, yes, fi- finally a joke. Maybe we can get yeah. a joke out of that. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Oh. <laughs> Heidi, you really... Uh, didn't, I thought she turned... Oh, really yeah, remind here. me of the people I grew up with on the farm. Gap tooth and full of bull semen. What does that even mean? I mean, uh, yeah, but, but then well, I mean, yeah. the, the full of bull semen is kind of funny. If she had, if she, that's one that I could see if she workshopped it a little yeah. bit and figured out, you know, figured out another way to do it. Yeah, but by the but way, then, somebody in the, somebody in the chat room said that the joke was, you are so gay that you don't shit on the dick. You skittles on the dick. Horrible joke. All right, here we go. Because then now, right now, she's going to make a fatal error. Fatal, fatal, fatal error. Even if it's not your... Well, first of all, you would never do this in a comic because for the, what's going to happen. But here we go. What? <laughs> Girl, huh? Valentina, you are oh, such... I thought that was the part with Lonnie Love. All right, here we go. When, is she gonna, when we get to yeah. Lonnie Love part, we'll see. A beautiful yeah. sister. Thank you. But you have this diva attitude that's really hard to swallow. I do. It's just as hard as, to swallow as Lonnie Love's comedy career. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was... This was... 
<laughs> this this part was I I you almost couldn't watch. The, I couldn't because I don't like cringe. Whereas I'm sure you were just going to town on yourself yeah. <laughs> watching yeah. the next part. It was like having a really sour sour patch kid. But let me tell you, you don't. <laughs> What she's going to do right now is dangerous to do with anyone in the crowd, uh, you know, uh, anyway. But to do it with a seasoned comic like Lonnie Love, bitch, you are asking for trouble. Here we Who's go. Who's already tried to be nice and yeah. tried to give it. And at this point goes, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and what's so funny, if you look at the uh, – she's laughing, but they show the panel for a second and they're stone-faced. Ross, right. RuPaul, and Michelle Visage, it's almost like they're frozen wax statues. They're just staring straight ahead, stone face, and she's laughing, which makes it even more eerie. Oh, you're the one bombing! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just teed it up for Lonnie Love to hit it out of the ballpark. Why would right. you ever, ever, ever do that? Oh my god, what a fatal error. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Like that? You like that, RuPaul? Oh, uh, see, then now, okay. And that you, again, you see this a lot. Okay, so she makes the fatal error, which can happen with a heck, even though Lonnie Love's not a heckler because she called on her. But a, a heckler can sometimes turn on the comic. It's why you don't really right. engage oh, I with the I would say at this point, Lonnie decided I'm going to heckle. That, that is definitely what this felt like. Yeah. And, uh, cause they can, they can, especially Lonnie Love heckling you. And so now she's desperate. She's the flop sweat. Oh. Yeah, no. I mean, it is where you, you are what you are watching her replay being made fun of when she was eight years old, someplace. Yeah. Yeah. Where that is that is the scene that is going through her head while she is watching everybody. Because now it has gone from you know. Because I think on some level, people, at least especially the fellow contestants, they're all rooting for each other to do well. And yeah. I think at that point. They went from we're rooting for you is to now everybody's against you. Yeah. You've completely lost everybody yeah. at this point because yeah. we've seen that you can't handle it. And then she just digs a fucking hole deeper. Here we go. Hey, RuPaul, you are such a fashion icon. If you could stand up for us, please. Now, this is not going to be audio. It's, aud- it's not audio, but RuPaul then flips uh, Utica off. Double fi- yes. flip off. And then does an obscene hand gesture that I believe is someone said was fisting. Right. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this, because actually, believe it or not, I have to explain this because there, believe it or not, a significant number of people who don't get what the joke was. The joke is, and for anyone who's obsessed with drag race, they might know this, is that RuPaul's outfits are designed intentionally so that the bottom can be taken off, and she goes into like she doesn't like to be in drag, so she wears like uh, sweatpants or pajama pants and slippers underneath the desk so when you whatever you're seeing is just top up underneath she's wearing sweatpants and slippers okay Mm -hmm. yes and so the joke and obviously utica's been on the set so she knows this and so the joke is we'll stand up rupaul so that everyone can see and yeah (laughs) she might have just bought the plane ticket herself i was gonna say the fact that rue didn't go you know what just sashay away now (laughs) yeah uh, that was, I don't know why you could tell everyone's like, <laughs> you know, like, like the episode of Twilight Zone where the kid can turn you into like a toy or whatever. Right. And, and you're, oh God. So that's sort of the tension and the flip off releases that tension and everyone's laughing because they're like, oh God, thank God RuPaul found it funny. Yeah. Oh God, here we go. 
that's what everyone screamed laughing about because then that what you're really hearing right there is just tension being right. released. Um, all right, well, let's zip through the other ones. Got Mick, your th- any thoughts on Got Mick? I thought Got Mick was great. I, I, I have become definitely a Got Mick convert over mm-hmm. the course of the season for the most okay. part. I wasn't a big fan of hers in the beginning, but mm-hmm. as she, she's, she, I think, is someone who has, we've seen, I think, the largest amount of growth over the season, especially mm-hmm. for somebody who didn't necessarily think that they were really good at particular things. She talked about how she didn't think she was to be good at this roast. And I thought that a lot of the jokes hit it out of the park. The joke about Ross coming when the pizza guy shows up in the pornos is, was, it was a funny joke. Um, I don't know if that's an old joke no. or not, but, but I think she speaks to, uh, what I was saying earlier is how do you show up at rehearsal with nothing but she didn't seem to show up with the rehearsal. She did have a couple of jokes that they laughed at and said, just work on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she didn't get help with them, but yeah. I am saying that, I mean, she, she at least, and also something is to be said, something's to be said about the delivery. Yeah. No, no, them. no, you're right. That's a hundred percent. mostly what it is. Like, so, and, and you know, they, they could write everything. They could have written all of those jokes for Simone, mm-hmm. but her delivery in it was not there. Whereas, I mean, you know, Gottmik, Gottmik seemed comfortable. Yeah, up at the stage, but but and that was nice to watch, especially after the last one. Case in point, I was telling that Lonnie Love story about how important delivery is. Is I'm sure you maybe heard it, you're like, man, it's not that funny of a joke. But Lonnie Love's delivery was so solid that it sold the joke, right? And so it's the same thing here. Is like you can write as good of a joke for somebody, but they have to sell it. And so I will say one thing you can't take away from Gottmik is that she was able to very smoothly and effortlessly sell those jokes. That said, I still think it went through a polish with a writer. That yes. just sort of maybe helped her with the concept and, and structure it correctly. Uh, next, we have Olivia. Thoughts? Um, I, I think I get what Olivia was trying to do. I think mm-hmm. she was trying to take the notes that uh, Lonnie and Michelle gave her during rehearsal of... You know, you can play into the sweet thing, the Mm -hmm. sweet branding, but then you have to go, you have to be mean and sweet at the same time of where your delivery of the jokes, you know, I have, I have a a friend of mine that I used to work with that he is just this big mountain of a man. And I used to always make the joke. He, he, he's, you know, 350 pounds, but he opens his mouth and Scarlett O'Hara comes out Mm -hmm. and he was somebody who could tell you to go fuck yourself and he did on numerous occasions tell me to go, but he did it in a way that it was so sweet and so saccharine that you can't help but laugh and you can't help but love him more. Mm-hmm. And I think if Olivia could have found a way to have done that of where she could have just been, whether it was raunchy or mean or whatever, but made it with such a sweetness and such a level of humor. Yeah. She, she had, she had, she had an opportunity there to really kind of be something that she just didn't she just didn't rise to the challenge in that mm-hmm. way like a bless her heart kind of thing yes yeah. very a bless your heart so uh you know what's so funny is olivia set is what actually convinced me they worked with writers actually what well, maybe you go i think they work with writers i'll tell you why she says two things that are something you hear so often in uh like open micer type comedies it's like a it's a trope with very inexperienced comics, and uh, that's why. And, and look, I don't know if they necessarily hired the best writers at Drag Race, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
We've all seen Shakespeare. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the the she says a line where she says, I think she opens with, I know what you're thinking. I don't remember what the joke was. Which, I know what you're thinking. That is such a fucking hacky haha cafe on uh in North Hollywood, uh, 5 p.m. open mic joke that I wanted to vomit. Same thing with her closing joke. It's so fucking hack. With the, I know. If you didn't like you, me, I'm Michelle Visage. When when she said that, I thought jo- Joe was going to talk about this tomorrow on the show. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, she worked with a writer. Okay, right, a, a shitty writer helped her write that joke. Or just so like, you know what? Just say this at the end because you have nothing. It was awful. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then finally, Rose. Your thoughts on Rose? I thought Rose. I thought Rose was great. I I understand why she was in the top. Um, I don't quite get the whole you were funnier during rehearsal than you were here yeah i didn't necessarily hear the hear the difference between the Mm -hmm. two but she seemed very comfortable and as they talked about she was the only one up there without notes Uh so she knew what she was doing Uh um so that either shows that she knew what she was doing or she's super fast because if she had had jokes that the other ones had then she needed to come up with other things and i almost wonder if that's the case because her set seemed much shorter than the other sets um, different sets had different lengths. It was something I was going to talk about, but I didn't have a chance to pull it. But uh, depending on how they wanted to portray them, they were certain lengths and shorter. And t- so I think hers was intentionally tighter. Okay. And then they let kind of kind of to justify Candy's win, maybe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you know Rose was in the toughest position. She totally killed it. Uh, she did a good job. You know, she did a great job. I think personally, she had the best set. I'm not going to tell Lori where I fall tomorrow, but I'm going to see where she judges. I think she had the best set just because based on her position, where she was and, and, and just the energy that she brought and how she worked that she worked it like almost like a pro, to be honest with you. And, um, I thought it was there was a charisma there was a control which is a lot of stand up is it really about how you can control the stage and uh yeah i think i think she was the winner of the challenge uh her jokes seemed like she wrote them they were very very personal and very very specific they didn't seem like a writer just generally wrote a joke you know right and um yeah i thought i thought she was the winner of this challenge i think uh, we'll talk about the end when we do the uh, any final thoughts on the episode because people can bow, bow out if they want. But um, all right, let's move on. Do you have any other thoughts on the roast people at all before we move on? No, I thought that the jokes that Heidi, Nina, and Valentina had were not great. No. I just kind of remember them all being sort of forgettable. Nina's joke about Bronx Zoo was kind of funny. Oh, that that one was funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what are we going to talk about at the end? I got to write it down and I'll forget. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I gotta write it down. I I'll, don't know. You I'll, didn't yeah. say yeah, it. I know. I'm talking to myself. Yes. Anyway, Always. Yeah. Uh, all right. On the main stage, Rose Gottmik and Olivia are safe while Candy Muse snatches her first maxi challenge win of the season. This leaves Utica and Simone in the bottom two and forced to slug it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song "No Tears Left to Cry" by Ariana Grande. In the end, Simone is told Shantae you stay while Utica Queen is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, there was some. I okay. Babalu said to me, it's going to be Olivia 
and Utica in the bottom two. And I said, no, it's not. It's going to be Simone and Utica. And he was just like, really? I said, yes. I said, because it's Utica's time to go home. And there is a chance that Olivia wouldn't rise to the challenge and they would send Olivia home. Mm -hmm. There's no way we've seen Simone's lip sync, which we've seen the way she lip syncs. Unfortunately, much like the cadence, she kind of has one sort of move that she's doing with all of these lip syncs that she's done. Mm -hmm. Um, And they knew that it would be strong enough to send Utica home. There is part of me that I don't know that Utica, that Simone was that much better than Utica. I kind of enjoyed Utica's lip sync a little bit more. It was a little bit more interesting to watch Mm -hmm. to me. Um, But that was definitely storyline driven as Mm -hmm. well as just the whole thing of where they were talking about just how amazing Candy was. Candy was good. It was a fair roast. But it wasn't this, oh, God, it just knocked us out of the park. And we just knew that this was it. And this is what we've been waiting for. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm such a huge candy fan and all that. What? Mm-hmm. It just it just all seems so they are forcing this down our throats that we are supposed to be rooting for her in the top four or top three. And I I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Plus, that that cinching was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that on, dress was just, we didn't we didn't do, we didn't really do the looks, which I'm fine with not doing because there wasn't anything really to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I just I just I don't get it. I I don't get the why they are forcing this other than they need that little bit of drama. I mean, I just think that's how it's been planned out, you know, so they were I mean, it's time for her to go. In fact, it, it could be that's why they didn't help Simone as much with her set, because they knew they needed her to send you to right. home. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying time. is that they, they knew that, that, that at this point, I think anybody watching the show knows that it could have been, depending on how everybody did, Olivia, Olivia or Utica's week. Mm-hmm. We already know. We've known for, I think, quite a while who the top four are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess just the, the idea that they they couldn't pin them against each other. They had to have somebody stronger to to, to lip sync up against, so they picked Simone. It, it it just it feels like very much like, well, you can figure out what's going to happen within the first twenty minutes of the episode. What's going to happen in the last the last ten minutes of the episode? Mm-hmm. At this point, there's there doesn't seem to be a lot of surprises yet. I will say this though, out of the fine, who I think the final four are going to be, I don't know who the final three would be. At this point, I know that you have that information. I don't know the final we, three. You just know who the final four are? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that next week Olivia is out. Just that they're, they're setting this up to where that's going to be her time to go. Mm-hmm. But I also think that when you consider, you know, out of Rose, Gottmik, Candy, and Simone, really all of them have a reason why they could be I could see I could see any one of the four of them being unless something seriously happens in the next couple weeks. Well no that's not true because I don't I don't see Candy being the next drag race superstar, but I also don't see them letting her go as fourth. So I don't know. It, it, it's just it's very much of the where I feel like the real mystery of who's gonna win is going to begin after next week. Yeah. Um a couple of things. One, I want to pay uh, some lip service to RuPaul very 
throwing out a Paul Lind impression by saying, thank you, Dr. Fauci, right? Which mm-hmm. I thought was really funny. Paul Lind, iconic gay uh, uh, personality. Uh, ben played Paul Lind on her season of All Stars. Yes. In the Snatch Game. Um, next is also a nice little uh, touch there that reminded me of the episode was Rosé laughing to herself in the workroom. Reminded me of Alyssa on that roast yes. laughing to herself in the workroom. Uh, and it was very similar to that. And uh, had that was of, a fun scene to watch yeah. them all kind of reading each other yeah. a little bit. But it was it was reading each other in fun was yeah. I thought was 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 nice to see. Yeah. And then uh, it was a very nice thing to see. And I really kind of like the um, the whole like. Oh, God. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about some spoilery stuff. If you don't want to hear spoilers, get the fuck out. Ha <laughs> 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 Yes, my power has returned. Is, oh God, right now Humble is running across the fucking bathroom. <laughs> Why is she taking a bath right now with her hair like in like a shower cap? <laughs> and her all the ducks now because she jumped out the ducks are bouncing in the waves just slipped on a perfectly pink yeah. bar of soap that yeah. happened to be yes. on the tile yeah like, and she's like yeah she's yeah. like skating to the radio you know <laughs> and then she has like a bubble like a mr bubble bath you know, mr. and why it's on the radio instead yeah. of on like you know some sort of other device an old-timey like yeah yeah an old-timey radio. like yeah like daisy duck <laughs> radio yeah yeah <laughs> And I can imagine like blue tile too, like like that, right? Like, like that Greek blue. I don't know what that's called. That azure tile. Yeah. Anyway, and she's like, oh, I'm wrapping a towel around her. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, Candy's in the top four, and okay. I think she needed this win because they know she's going to be in the top four. So they had to justify because otherwise. If Got Mick or Rose win, they've already won. And how are they going to justify? Because Olivia's won a couple of times. Olivia's won twice. Yes. She won, she won two back to back. Yes. So if, going to the top four, how do they therefore make a top four without Candy? I mean, with yeah. Candy, if she's never won and the other queens have won. Yeah. yeah. So they need to give her this win to do it. And it's bullshit because Rose or Got Mick, I even though I personally think Rose, but I'll take a, a, an argument for Got Mick should have been the winner of this challenge. And it's fucking bullshit. The, and the rigory yeah. is so obvious. And uh, I'm not here for it. Don't like it. No. Thank you. Which is why we do a show about it every week. <laughs> yeah, that's why we do a show about it every single fucking week. Any other thoughts, Taylor? Are we, have we gotten it all? No, I think we've gotten it all. I think we've gotten it all this week. All right. Well, um, that is going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. 
explore more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race.